Wow, good morning. That was quite the welcome. I, I hope that, yeah, I don't put all of you to sleep now. Um, and I love the worship. That is one of the things I lo- really looked forward to coming today as I knew that the worship music would be awesome, and it was. So thank you for that. It is an honor to be here today with you on Mother's Day, and it is a special day, of course, but I I just wanted to also make mention of, I know some here may have lost a mother or lost a child, and there may be some some pain or a little twinge on this day, so I want to recognize that and celebrate their lives with you and to recognize them. And I just want to start out with a funny story that I read on the internet. And if you are a mom or have been a mom, you understand this, what this young mom's uh, day was like. She was really, really busy. She'd had a hectic day. She went home and was getting dinner for the kids. They were crazy and rambunctious, as children can be. And her husband was working late that night, so she was on her own. And they, they made it through dinner. And then, thankfully, it was bedtime. And I don't think she moved the clock up. She let the clock actually go to the right time, but she sent them to bed. They did all the things they were supposed to do. They had their little routine down, and and they went to bed. Now, she knew they weren't asleep. And how many children actually fall asleep when you send them to bed? But she could hear them in there, and she just let them go for a little while and thought, whew, some time to myself. She put on her old baggy sweatpants and an old ratty blouse and went and washed her hair and put it up in a towel. And then she just couldn't take it anymore. Those kids, she knew they had to be out of bed. They weren't just awake. They were out of bed in their room. And so she stormed down the hallway, threw the door open, marched into their room, sternly told them, get back in bed, go to sleep. I don't want to hear another peep out of you. Slammed the door, and as she was headed down the hallway, she heard her three-year-old say, who was that? (laughs) So there are days when even our family doesn't recognize us. Uh, I've had a few of those myself, and hopefully they have forgotten those days. Uh, What is a mom? And I loved the Toughest Job video because it reminds us that moms sometimes stay up all night. They sometimes pack our lunches, make our favorite meals. They go to all of our ball games. They go to our band concerts. They save things that, I mean, now I look at things my mom saved, and I thought, why did she save that? But to her, it is special all of those drawings and things we made for them. And they, they do things because they unconditionally love. That's just all there is to it. There's no other way to, to put it. And I, one thing I love about my mom now, and I'm going to tell you some stories about my mom, but I know she picks up the phone when I call. Even if she probably doesn't feel like it, she always picks up the phone. There are days when you just need to talk to someone, I call my mom. So we love that they listen to the things that are important to us, they remember them, and they are there for us. And if you have a woman like that in your life, it may not even be your biological mom. It might just be a woman that God has planted in your life who has poured into you, has shared her faith with you and hope in the Lord. And so we want to recognize that it's not always a biological tie either. Ann Voskamp, if you know the author, Ann Voskamp, who wrote 1,000 Gifts, wrote this about motherhood. God knew that to love is to suffer, so God made a mother. He needed someone who knows that in every hard place, that's exactly where you extend grace. Someone willing to keep loving when it makes no sense, because that is what love does. 
Someone who knows that life is not an emergency, but a gift. Someone who knows that umbilical cords can be cut, but heartstrings never can. So God made a mother. And I, I just, I love that because there are sometimes situations where either we are not able to have biological children or, you know, there are some situations that God allows and yet he still gives us a sphere of influence. There are still opportunities to pour into others' lives. And I believe that he does that for each one of us. And I, I don't want to diminish the role that fathers have. I mean, you'll have your day in June. So since today's Mother's Day, we're going to celebrate moms. And, and like the video shared earlier, uh, how being a mom is a tough job, and there are days when we're tired, we're exhausted, we're worn out. So I wanted to read from 2 Corinthians 4, and I recognize this is not a Mother's Day normal scripture, okay? But I just really felt like there was someone who maybe needed to hear this. And as I kind of thought about it, uh, during first service when Pastor King said that he had felt led by the Lord to ask me to come, I thought, well, I'm not sure why, but... As I was sitting here this morning, I thought, it's because I need to hear these words. I need to read the scripture over and over in preparation and then as we're here today. So I'm going to read this for you, and hopefully it encourages you too. So 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. It's a ministry from the Lord. So then down in verses 7 through 10, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And then down in verses, the end of verse 15 through 18, it says, So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, as a, as a mom, as a parent, I'll say, there are days when we do feel like giving up. We are completely worn out. We feel like there's nothing left. We can't go on. There may even be a situation where you feel cut off from your child uh, physically in the sense that maybe your relationship is broken and, and there's some heartache. But there's hope. There's always hope because if the ministry is from the Lord, he's going to equip. Those he calls, he equips, right? And he's called us to be mothers or mentors. And so he's going to equip us. And it's all for his glory. It's not about us anyway. Although sometimes I forget that. I'll be honest. I forget that a lot. But it's not about us. It's about his glory. So he will give us what we need for our children and for those around us. And I believe our number one job as a mom is to live in a way that our children know that God loves them. And they will be drawn to him. Even if they resist it and even if they fight against it, if we are loving them with God's love, which is unfailing and steadfast and never-ending, then they will be drawn to the Lord. So, I, And we, we're going to mess up. We're not perfect. They know it. We know it. And we should be able to admit those failures to them and to admit our mistakes and, and to allow them to see us uh, 
as imperfect, and then to let God to allow God to work through us and to love them. Oh, we all are passing on a legacy. Whether we realize it or not, people are watching. Sometimes we know, sometimes we don't, and they are watching everything we do and say and how we respond and react. And I hope that my girls especially and those around me, and I, I know, again, I know, you could ask Chad, I, I mess this up quite often, but I hope they, they see in me mercy rather than judgment that they see me as selfless rather than selfish, that they know that I am going to uh, care more for them than my own agenda. And, you know, to tell you a little bit about my mom, uh, I didn't really like my mom much growing up, and we would not fight. I wouldn't say we argued a lot. We just didn't get along all that great. And she embarrassed me over and over again. And if you knew, if she was here, you would all be her friends. I mean, and she's a wonderful woman. Please hear me out on this. Hear the end of the story. But she doesn't know a stranger, honestly. There were times as a kid where I would just be so embarrassed because she would talk to everybody no matter where we were, no matter what time of day it was, no matter if they acted like they wanted to talk with her or not, which some of them didn't, I could tell. And, and she just, she cared about them and more than what the time her watch said. And she would do crazy things. She still does, okay? She still does crazy things. But just a couple of examples. We would go on road trips to Oklahoma and Texas and Arizona. That's where her family would, was from. And so we would head out in our car. And, and I remember as a five-year-old uh, going with her. I was too young to go to the bathroom by myself, so she would have to take me. And I have a little bit of selective amnesia on this. I don't remember exactly what happened, but she didn't read the, the door before we went in. And so I just remember there was a loud commotion. We hustled back to the car, and we took off really fast. <laughs> but that was just the first time we had a bathroom incident. A few years later, we were in Oklahoma, and we were in a small gas station uh, bathroom, and uh, the door locked. We were done, and we went to leave, and we couldn't get out. We were locked in. Well, the, the lock broke, obviously. So what does my mom do? She doesn't just, I mean, she yelled for a little bit, and no one could hear her, which I was surprised because she can yell. But she climbs up on the toilet, and then she climbed up on the sink, and there was a window above the door that would open outward. You know what I'm talking about. My mom was hanging out the window, yelling at the top of her lungs, and sure enough, my dad came running, and he had a screwdriver and got us out. But I do not ever remember, and this, I didn't share this in the first service, but I never went to the bathroom with my mom again. <laughs> never. I made one of my sisters go with me. Uh, but she has a neat perspective on life. She told me a couple of Octobers ago that she had been out helping the little old lady next door with their leaves. And I thought, that really, how old is the little old lady? My mom's in her 80s. And so I, I thought she was joking. She wasn't joking. They, and, and my stepdad is 89. He'll be 90 in a little over a month. And they go out and they help the older people in the neighborhood. And I, but I really did kind of put it to her, and the little old lady next door is 96, so she wasn't lying to me. But I, I have grown, well, and another, another quick story about my mom. When I would run track in high school, we would be on the other side of the track, and I could hear everything my mom was yelling. 
every word. Couldn't hear the coach, couldn't hear the crowd, but I could hear everything she said. And I would be thinking, why doesn't she stop? You know, why doesn't she stop? Well, now I'm older and she's a whole lot wiser. And I, I realized that she loves people. And the reason she loves people is because of Jesus. And she was living out before me what Jesus would do and how he would treat people and that he would make them more important than her agenda. And now in her 80s, she still takes her friends to their doctor's appointments and she runs them to the grocery store. And it's so funny because she just said this to me this last week. She goes, I just can't get my work done at home. I just don't know why. I just can't keep up with everything. And then she goes, well, I did take so-and-so to the doctor and I took, and I thought, I know exactly why she doesn't get her work done, but it's more important. And so I'm, I'm growing up finally and realizing I want to be more like her. And I want to rise up and call her blessed. I want to be one of those children who does that. Uh, because even though she's not perfect and we still might disagree on things, she is a mom who lived out Jesus. She's Jesus with skin on to a lot of people. And so in Proverbs 31, women don't cringe. We're not going to go through all the verses and tell you what you're not doing. Uh, But I want to skip right to the end, and I'll just read uh, verse 30. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's the legacy we want to pass on. We want to be women who love the Lord, fear the Lord, honor Him, and He's going to take care of the rest. And hopefully, that legacy that we're passing on to the next generation will go to the next generation and so on, and it's going to impact a lot of people down the road. Well, I I do want to say uh, a little bit about the Women's Pregnancy Center, and before I go into that, I, I hadn't put this in my notes, but I felt really compelled to share it during the first service, and so I want to share it again with you here, that there may be someone here in a group this size who has had an abortion or who If you are a gentleman, maybe your girlfriend or wife had an abortion in the past. And I want to say that I I recognize you as a mom because there there are 50% of our clients who come through the door already post-abortive. And we see between 300 and 350 client visits a month. So we're seeing a, a lot of young women. And that's a staggering number. And I didn't share this during first service, but... The statistic is now, okay, I started at the pregnancy center four years ago, and the statistic then was that one in six women who regularly attend a Bible-preaching evangelical church have had at least one abortion. And since then, it's gone from one to five, and I've read that it may even be one, one in four. And so it's not us and them, it's us. That's us. So I, I want to recognize that God brings healing and hope no matter what, and we have clients who come, we have, and some women who have come who wanted to volunteer and and began working through a Bible study with me called Forgiven and Set Free. And it is amazing to watch God do his healing work. They will say things like this, whether we've had uh, girls who have been two weeks post-abortive up to 25 years, and they have had common threads through their their stories, and there's been self-destructive and addictive behavior, but then they come to a point where they'll say things like this, I never knew I could have this kind of joy again. I didn't know I could feel lighter, like physically lighter. Wow, God really can forgive, and he can set me free. And so it is an amazing thing to watch. And so I, I, I want to recognize the silent grief that goes with that and also to say there's hope. 
There's always hope in the Lord. Don't forget and don't lose heart uh, because he's there for you. He really is. All right. Now at the center, I told you, we see between 300 and 350 clients a month, and they are some of the most, it is one of the most diverse groups you can imagine. They are all different ages. Since I've been there, the youngest we've had with a positive pregnancy test was 11. And, and we have had some women in their 40s experiencing some crisis pregnancies. Uh, imagine that. And they are from all walks of life, all different skin colors, shapes, belief systems. Some of them are Hindu, Muslim, Jewish, Wiccan, Buddhist, atheist, Christian, and some say I don't believe anything. But what I love about the center is that they're all welcome. That's how I really believe God would do it. He would welcome them all with open arms and say, I love you just the way you are. And so they come, and our mission is to share the love and gospel of Jesus Christ in word and deed. Now, you might have thought our mission was to save babies, which is what a lot of people think. And we love babies. We are firmly pro-life. We, I mean, we always, we're women. We go, ooh, when there's a baby. Look at that baby. That's, you know, that's just who we are. But our mission is to share Christ with them. And if we love them and show God to them, they can choose eternal and abundant life for themselves. And that baby's life is going to be changed forever. And not just that baby, but generation upon generation. And so sometimes they don't want to hear the words, and we're kind of okay with that too. Because we can love them without actually saying the words. We can love them by the way we treat them when they come through the door. And we believe that each one has value. And I, I look around the room and I see moms and I just and women. I, I want to say you each have value. You are an image bearer of God. You were made in his image for his purposes, for his glory, and you might think he made some mistakes, but he sure didn't. He made you exactly the way he wants you to be so that he can use you, well, for a lot of reasons, but I think, too, so that he can use you in your family's lives, in your children's lives. I mean, they, don't, they didn't wind up with some other mom. That wasn't God's plan. He gave them you, and you are a gift to them whether they realize it or not. Just give them, you know, 20 years or so. Uh, talk to my mom. Uh, so a couple other things. You know, sometimes girls will come to us, and they have made some decisions that we wouldn't have wanted for them, or they're, we, we know that they might make decisions tomorrow that we wouldn't want for them, but we're going to love them anyway no matter what, just the way God would. I have a couple of stories to share quickly. One of them was a 13-year-old eighth grader who came a couple years ago now. But she came to the center. She was pregnant. Her boyfriend was also in eighth grade. And they decided that they wanted to parent. And their, parent, their families were supportive and were going to be a support system for them. And so they all went through this together. And she was surprisingly very responsible for her age. And she came for her appointments. She kept them. And we do something. When they come for diapers and baby clothes, they can only come once a month, but we show them a video. Everything is free of charge and confidential. We say free of charge because we do require they watch a chapter in this video. And she started coming for maternity clothes and then baby items every month. And we don't wait until the end chapter to tell them about Christ. We're trying to, you know, talk all the way through. But she'd been pretty quiet. She was meeting consistently with the same advocate and the 12th chapter is all about how to have a personal relationship with God through Christ's death on the cross. I mean, it's just laid out. It is so clear, and it's beautifully done. 
And they got to the end, and the advocate turned to her and asked, now, what did you think about that? You know, have you thought about it much before? You know, I think she might have even said, we've talked about it in the past, but what do you think about that? And that girl looked her right in the eyes and said, I want that. And the advocate was a little stunned. That wasn't what she expected. And we don't, I mean, we do, I would say, once or twice a month, there is a first-time decision out of all of our clients. But this was a surprise, and so the advocate kind of said, well, do you want to think about it? And next month when you come back, we can talk about it some more. And that young girl said, no, I want it now. So they prayed right there. She decided to surrender her life to Christ, and she continued to come every month. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's the Lord. Yeah, and that's one thing I don't ever want to forget to say is that we recognize this is his work. It is not our work. You know, like being a mom, you can't be a mom without God. We can't be at the pregnancy center without God because we're not just handing out diapers. We are wanting him to do his work, and it's the Holy Spirit. We start every shift with a half hour of prayer. We pray over our clients' names. I mean, we go name by name right down the list. And then we also acknowledge to the Lord that we, we know the day isn't going to, it's not going to look anything like that appointment book page. There will be some no-shows, there will be some walk-ins, and there will be some things we didn't see coming, but he's there, and it's, it's his. And I, I met another young client shortly after I started at the center, and she shared her story with me. She was in her mid-20s. She had been in a very abusive relationship. Her boyfriend had called her all kinds of names, told her she was ugly and worthless, broke glass plates over her head. She was beautiful. I mean, she was this beautiful young woman. And she had a five-month-old son with her. She had just recently broken up with a boyfriend, and now she was homeless. She didn't have a car. She didn't have a job. She was just bunking at a friend's, you know, wherever she could sleep with her son. And I was new at the center, and I wanted to do everything perfectly and, you know, everything right in order. And so I was trying to share with her about God and asking some questions. And finally, she interrupted me, and she said, or asked me, are you trying to tell me about Jesus? I thought, hmm, yes, I am. Not very well, obviously, but yes, I am. And so we talked some more about that, and she shared that when she was younger, she went to church with her grandma. So grandma's out there, don't give up. Or, or a lot of our clients say they went to church with their aunties, too. So she had gone to church with her grandma, and she had made a decision to follow Christ when she was 12. And she had taken some different paths since then and kind of walked away. But she got really quiet, and she looked at me, and she started to have some tears trickle down her cheeks. And she whispered, do you think he can forgive me? Oh, wow. I mean, we both cried. I gave her a big hug. We prayed together. Yes, he can. He can forgive all of that. So those are just two stories. I wish I could tell you story upon story, and they're all about God. It's about his transforming power and what he is doing. And we have so many young moms who want to be good moms. They really, really have a desire to take good care of their children, and they come faithfully for their resources, and we offer parenting classes and some other resources too. But it's just, it's a blessing to watch God work and equip them because, I mean, we could easily say in our society that a 13-year-old isn't prepared to be a mom, but sometimes they become a mom, and God can still use them, absolutely use them in that child's life. And I love watching what he does.
So I want to encourage moms today to not give up. Do not lose heart. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what situation you are facing, I can't even imagine. I mean, in a group this size, I'm sure we have some things we're facing. But don't give up. God, like I said, God created you for a purpose. He cares deeply about you. He sees you. He knows what's going on. And and he is giving you what you need to pass on a legacy of faith. And again, you don't have to be perfect. I really believe sometimes it's our failures and our mistakes that make us, make you the most beautiful to your family. Makes you real. They don't want to live with the perfect person anyway. And then fix your eyes on him. He is always faithful. Always, always faithful. And Chad and I, I went through the tornado in November. I didn't share this in the, in the first service. But one of the lessons that I have been learning is one that my mom has been teaching me for years, but I wasn't getting. But just how important people are, or I thought I knew it, and I didn't really get it. We didn't really know very many of our neighbors. We knew our immediate neighbor. She was an older woman who was on oxygen. And she's, I mean, our, our immediate neighbors are all okay, but... There's a, something new, we're, and we're not back in our house yet, we're rebuilding, but when we go back to our, our lot, which we do often to look at the dirt pile and the, and the basement walls, it's interesting because neighbors come out of their homes and, and come by to talk to us, and I, I stop and talk to them, because in the past I would have thought, you know, they don't want me to interrupt them, they don't want me to, to stop and talk to them, why would they want that? Well... God's showing me how important they are and that people trump lists all the time. So I just want to say, I don't know why I felt compelled to share that too, but some mom out there is in, I'm in that boat where I'm still learning that lesson. So let's continue to pour out and remember that God wants us to look at the people rather than the dirty laundry, rather than the dirty house that I know I've got one too. Um, And I know it does need to be cleaned, but really the people are more important. So I want to close today with a prayer that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and then after that there's a video, just a a blessing video to end that I'll read from Ephesians 3, starting in verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Can you imagine? That's just awesome. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Today is a unique day, and it's far bigger than we think, because there are many different kinds of mothers, and all are being honored today. For the mother who's chosen to stay at home while her children are little, may your patience be great and your influence even greater. For the single mom who never planned on doing this alone, may you be consistently strengthened by your Heavenly Father. And may you hear his voice singing over you. For the mother who strives to balance work outside the home with love inside the home, 
May you be given energy, validation, and hope as you make the leap from one world to another every day. For moms who had poor mothers themselves, but who now refuse to let that pattern repeat itself, may the godly legacy you've started be carried on for generations to come. For mothers with grown adult children, may today be filled with laughter and joy, and may you experience deep satisfaction and fulfillment. For women who have no biological children of their own, but who mother younger women as mentors. May you understand your role as a calling from God and as a transformation of their hearts. Today is a unique day. So for all the mothers we mentioned, and even those we didn't, be blessed, be honored, be filled with joy. You are making the world a better place because you're filling it with a love that only a mom can give. Praise God. Let's have all the mums stand right now, just for a minute. Look at all the mums. What a great, great sight you are. You have been honored today, and, and uh, rightly so. And so as we leave this morning, don't forget, not only the mums, but every lady and... Uh, child here today who is female, you can get a cupcake on your way out. Um, but let me just bless you now in the name of Jesus. Father, in your name, we come and bless these mums. We thank you for every one of their lives. We thank you, Lord God, that you are with them and you will never leave them. We pray blessing upon them right now as they leave this sanctuary, that their day will be blessed. But more than that, their days will be blessed. Father, go with them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, guys, get up and give them a big hug, if you will. All right. God bless you. And don't forget, next Sunday, 6 p.m., 6 p.m. here at Riverside. God bless you.